on today's episode. You have to be brave in generating connections and having more deep connections and long connections because jobs, and actually that's my world now, jobs pop up and down every single day for mm -hmm. fickle reasons. And a job that you think you're fit for on a Monday can disappear on a Friday. It's mm -hmm. good for you. Because you didn't see all the drama behind the scenes that company had, but trust me, you don't want to work there. If you didn't have a right to that job, now I'm going to go, now I'm really going to go my soapbox. But like, you're not missing out. Like right. sometimes a bad date that you didn't want to go on, don't go on. That's not your life part. So the, if you don't rush, you'll have much more work. Welcome to the Modern Author Podcast. Your host, Eric Custer. Eric Custer. Eric Custer. Pull yourself together. That's the theme of today's episode, everyone. Uh, it's a fun conversation with my friend, Kate Johnson. Uh, she's the author of the book, Pull Yourself Together. Uh, and she brings this incredibly rich and deep background uh, in the world of talent and people coming from McKinsey and working for lots of companies on their talent strategies. How do you get hired in today's modern world? And what we wanted to talk about on today's episode is really how to think differently about yourself rather than trying to look the same. Everyone today seems to all be using the same templates, seems to be submitting to the same forms, but how do you stand out in a world that seems to want us to conform? Kate's message is simple, pull yourself together. And what she's bringing into this is to say all these things that are different or unique, you wanna pull them into a way to tell your story. And I think in particular what she's found is this is what helps candidates stand out. If you're someone who's a creative, if you're creating anything from a book all the way through a movie to a conference to whatever the heck it is, something on the side of business, find a way to pull yourself together. And she offers some practical tips for anyone who is a creative today to stand out, to be different, to demonstrate that thing that makes you special and makes you unique. Uh, it's both practical and inspirational at the same time. And I think what's interesting is that you'll get a lot of advice out there about what to do. She's living it. She's in the heart of finding amazing people, how to do it and how it works. I think you'll learn a lot from this conversation. Kate Johnson, author of Pull Yourself Together. And gosh, people, pull yourself together. Enjoy. I really needed a process, a journey, something to go to the next level of my career, even though I was accessing really influential organizations. I needed a way to integrate that and understand what was going on. So my very quick background, I'm from North Carolina. I spent most of my adult life here until about five years ago, and I moved to Washington, D.C. and started working for a global, very influential consulting firm, working with very influential people at a high level. And I say that because you walk next to those people and it can be intimidating. You spend every day trying to figure out where your place is. And, but that was good. That pushed me. And I had really wanted to write a book. And I chew on all the topics Eric's talking about today of careers in general. Um, and a passion of mine at the time was diversity and inclusion. I'm a member of the LGBT community and like excitedly, I'm very proud now and it was close to heart. And I saw the cusp of corporate America really churning around what was happening in diversity and inclusion. So uh, a couple of things happened. One, I had, honestly, I had a very painful from my employer and was trying to figure out what to do after that. I had been noodling and always wanted to write a book that was in the background and then Thirdly, I had really thought about grad school, which I think is very common. I'm now in my mid-30s and had awesomely ruled it out. I was like, I'm not going to grad school. I just couldn't do it for a variety of reasons we can talk about if somebody's curious. But so it was just a perfect intersection to meet a friend who said, you should meet this, this, this fun professor. He's got a great <laughs> idea and a great program. And so that was how I found Eric. And my book journey was 
powerful. Just, I was really struggling, to be honest, personally. And the book at a personal level helped me integrate and work through a lot of issues as much as, my gosh, what an amazing way to meet experts. What an amazing way to get out in front of people, to get out in the market you want to be in. And then all the way through the end, it is the hardest professional endeavor I've ever done. <laughs> finish. It was Eric is literally just a coach and a therapist and a mentor to get you over the finish line as is Brian and the whole team. I'll pause there, Eric. I hope that was Yeah, of course. And and the book was the book's called Pull Yourself Together. And I'll post a link to it in there for everyone to uh, I found it. Go, pull yourself together, <laughs> which is great. And it is one of my I love the cover, by the way, the the sort of yeah, slinky and the co- it was it's awesome. Which is great. So I want to maybe deconstruct some of these pieces here a little bit because I think to your point about being meta, here you are, but you're at one of the largest sort of company, consulting companies and most prestigious in the world. And you guys were supposed to be the thought leaders on people and stuff like that. As you're going through this one, I remember us talking a lot about how much the world is changing on the people front with the capital P, but also the world is still stuck in the old. Talk a little bit about what you're seeing, because I think we spend a lot of time chatting about how there's this world of prestige and degrees and diplomas has been replaced with this new approach to demonstrating expertise and carrying your expertise with you. What did you see early in this journey in your own life that was interesting about how we make, we're moving in transition from people to new people, I guess I say it. Yeah. And I'd say what's happening is there's so much old guard that all the advice for most of us as individuals is cranked out of corporate America, advice that works for organizations. They care so much about how they're going to hire workers And it doesn't really give you insight to what you should do as an individual, Hmm. which is what became the focus for me as my book is how could I help individuals understand the workplace navigating. So to your point on prestige, a lot of people, there's, we can unpack that for a long time. We all want to feel good enough. We all want to be impressive. And there is something to be said that prestigious organizations or institutions really can function at a very high level, competitive level. And that's very stimulating for a lot of people. Hmm. But it just masks and drowns out an entire world of amazing companies, amazing ideas, entrepreneurs, small companies that can't operate at the level that those big behemoths do. So we all are looking for jobs in a way that would get you a job at a really big organization where you're trying to have a career that works for a Fortune 500 that is very 1970. Where I am now is what I call the slash career, which is, and I think this term is around, that we all need to learn how to be nimble. And it's easier said than done that if you're making job changes every few years, because what I see in people is that it's, there's a double-edged sword of people think if their resume says, I've changed jobs every two years, an employer will think you look flaky. Like you do, it looks like you're just not going to stick around. And it, then at the same time, you can look at that resume And somebody will just love that and say, oh, they don't get comfortable. They walk around. They're constantly, I'll say, out in the market, but just really out listening to ideas. But I've had people react at really major places and say, I still want the person who's been somewhere 10 years. Like, what is the depth? So I think the really underlying question here, Eric, is what is under, what are you conveying about yourself? A resume is just a marketing document. Mm -hmm. And can you convey those same skills ideas, experiences that are just as valuable to a company or employer, whoever it is, there's something different. And I think the market wants that. It's just, there's not a clear guidebook right now for what that looks like. And you make a case in the book generally that I think fits within what you're saying is that they, oftentimes we feel like we can't be our authentic selves. We sort of screen out some of those things like that because we're afraid of turning someone off of us versus attracting people. And you make this case that 
the more you are yourself and the things you do and the skills and the experiences you have is what attracts people. And you're more likely to like catch flies with honey, so to speak, <laughs> that kind of way behind it. Why is it that you're seeing that of not screening those interests that might turn people away and attracting kind of fans the other side of it? Yeah, it is an art as much as a science, which is why I think people don't talk about it is it's very vulnerable, our identities, who we are, whomever you are, what you look like, what you wear, how you talk, environments you're used to. A lot of people have been penalized for that. And so it really the natural way is if you really need a paycheck and you've got to blend in at work because you just need to get a job, um, you might operate differently and take less risks. And so my argument was we're getting to a period of time where I think it is very doable and actually exceptional if you know how to be yourself and authentic in what I would call a world of homogeny that employers are really waking up to. So we could say the global environment is so global, you can find a million managers, you can find a million data analysts, you can find a million people who could do any job you want. And so the key question or that can help you stand apart is what experiences, things have you seen, parts of yourself that make you different from 70 other data analysts who are applying mm -hmm. for the same job? It's tricky, but it's valuable and it works. And now to mm -hmm. your point, that was what really came out of my book was mm -hmm. this is a thing. And there are people right now who have started amazing companies or who are getting the top of the ladder that might be an underrepresented minority that wouldn't have been able to have that trajectory because they were, how should I say it? So there might've been a time where there was pushback on them for who they were. Now the market is shifting. Now right. organizations want someone because they're- Yeah, it's interesting. And it's, I think it's an interesting shift that's happening. And I think, so Jennifer asked a little bit of question about the tools now in the job hunt have changed. So now you're applying with Monster and automated resume, create all the kind of stuff behind it. And AI is sorting through them one. How do you navigate through that idea of being your authentic self and sharing those things while at the same time, it's become this like technology free for all that like loses the humanity. So we've got technology on one hand, which is supportively good to maybe help make better matches and find things, but then also the sort of like humanity goes away where it's like about keywords and getting your foot in the door that way. Yeah, I'll give the tough answer and the kind answer. <laughs> I think the tough answer is we all are struggling with technology and it feels inhuman. And I think you just have to swallow it and you have to master it. Those are systems, they're inefficient to get people to jobs. The point is that you just get through those moments and we can talk about those and the tactics, but once you get through them, yourself comes through once you're in the door. Have a different hat on when you're trying to access an organization versus once you're in, that's when you open up. So you're marketing yourself when you're external and you're having to try to find a way in. And sometimes that can be authentic, but that's a little bit separate from technology. That's more relationship-based. And I, I don't know if this was the point of her question, but it is super impersonal and awful. I hate Monster. <laughs> That's not how we want to hire people. It's not how I want to look for a job. Yeah. I've never actually gotten a job through a job, an online application. It's yeah. difficult. Yeah. And so maybe let's like take that and maybe transition a little bit into what we've, we're talking about. What I think was so interesting is that you've described this idea of a resume versus a portfolio. And so the resume world is like where you've done things. I've been at this company and it's a collection of the where's the portfolio, which is like the things you've done. And so for this group, most of them are building a portfolio tool, which is their book or an audio show or whatever like that. How do you see that working to help people? And how do they use this new tool that they have, this new portfolio they're building, the stuff they're putting online about it, the people they've interviewed? How do you use that to get in front of the right people and then use that to get 
the job that you're looking for that may not be lined up to your priors, your career priors, your degree priors and stuff like that? Yes. I would start with mindsets and assumptions. I think, and I had these starting my book process, that it's so hard to market yourself that you want someone to do it for you. And the people who win, the people who get ahead, the people who, no matter what their resume says, they're willing to market themselves. So this is where you all have a leg up because you have a tangible product to market yourself that's far more interesting than a resume. So just <laughs> nine times out of 10, people are just blown away that you're actually doing it. All that, No one ever reads my book. I just hold it up and they go, wow, okay, you're gritty. This really is a thing. Eric will tell you this is a thing. This is a thing. People don't really care because there's just so much content out there. They just care that you did it. So your job, I think, is to have the mindset. This is what it was for me is that, one, you have to assume there are people out there who need what you have to give. Interesting. Yeah. The problem right now is that you're not in front of the people who need your services, the people who need your work, whatever you have to contribute. And so the book and the marketing is to help you get in front of those people. And so I, the other takeaway I have is that people are unbelievably generous. Yeah, it's true. And people really want to help you because a lot of successful people were really helped. So I think that invisible script of that, why would someone take my call? Who am I? Like, why would they care about me? And I have to tell you, I struggled. I've worked for big name places and people have absolutely taken my call because I worked for those places. And then some of those conversations didn't go anywhere. Because they just were impressed that I worked somewhere prestigious. Mm -hmm. And then there wasn't really a connection. But when I talked about my book or I talked to them about what they were doing with no objection in mind just to learn about them, it was a much deeper conversation. Mm -hmm. So I think you have to play the long game. You have to say, in the first 20 conversations you have, who knows where they'll go. But I have rich, deep, wonderful relationships now from people through my book journey that never helped me get a job. They never helped me shape my business. But... It just developed incredible relationships that you'll never get through monsters. You'll never get through that. I think a lot of people try to get in grad school that you can meet a lot of people. So it develops that network. It develops tangible substance to connect on. It's awesome. And I think one of the things that we're going to be trying to do today is we're going to, and I shared with you a little bit of this document that we're going to have folks working through a little bit today about how they're kind of going to be rethinking about it. Because I think that one of the things that I would share with the resume versus the portfolio, and it fits into Jennifer's questions about resumes tend to be a little bit of a transactional sort of approach to the career. You put it up on there, a monster, you send it out. Uh, versus there's this more relational approach, which is conversations and things like that. What is it that you saw? Because again, what you shared here is that having conversations, not necessarily about, hey, I need a job, but let me just talk about it, that, that oftentimes you have the conversation and lead to the job. How do you have more relational conversations when you want a job and not be transactional? So it's funny, like we need to be relational to get the job, which was the transaction. So what's that like balance on those? Let me think how I want to answer this question. I think that... <laughs> Searching for a job, if that's the, because I know there's other dynamics here. I know people have other businesses or other ideas. Searching for a job is one of the most important things we can do. And it's very pressurized. It's hard to take that out of it. We need jobs. So I think on a basic level, you have to just take a step back and go, finding a job is absolutely like dating. You can't force your life partner. Like you have to trust the process a little bit. You have to trust, have faith, whatever kind of bigger sort of support systems you have. Because you will have a much more rewarding, dynamic, and more options if you think about the long game. You don't go to a frat party on Friday night to meet your life partner. Although I've met people who totally met their life partners at frat parties. So <laughs> you, you, I don't mean to go off on a tangent there, but 
I think that bring me back here. I've a little lost the question a little bit, but I, to me, it's about you have to be brave in generating connection and having more deep connections and long connections because jobs, and actually that's my world now, jobs pop up and down every single day for mm-hmm. fickle reasons. And a job that you think you're fit for on a Monday can disappear on a Friday. It's mm-hmm. good for you because you didn't see all the drama behind the scenes that company had that trust me, you don't want to work there. Like you didn't have a right to that job. And now I'm going to go, now I'm really going to go my soapbox. But like, you're not missing out. Like right. sometimes a bad date that you didn't want to go on, don't go on. That's not your life partner. So the, if you don't rush, you'll have much more fortune. And how do you keep, how do you keep, how do you, as you're in this process here, whether you, because some folks in this folks are in the process or earlier in their process, other people are later in their process. How do you use the book experience itself to, again, help get you plugged into those places, whether you want to accelerate on your career where you're at, or you want to switch places? What are some of the things that you saw? Because I think you not only saw it, but then you've also, you've been gracious and talked to lots of my authors about their own journey. What do you see as a way to use this experience as a way to, again, either transition or accelerate in whatever career path you want to go into? Absolutely. I think it's such a laborious and long process and different parts of the process speak differently to different authors, different reasons. I think if you are brave enough to cold contact whatever, and Eric provides tools for this that are <laughs> phenomenal. And nudging at times. If you're brave enough too. <laughs> to do it at any stage of your journey, you will hear back from 30% of people, 50% of people. And that is enough. You couldn't even finish the book and you would just meet people that you never could meet before. And mm-hmm. that's distinctive. So I think to get value from the other parts of the process, I think there's something to be said about deep work. And mm-hmm. The thing that resonated for me when you talked about Monster, you talked about how hard job searching is. The workforce is now hitting a challenge where so much communication is only surface level. And no one has time to read a book, theoretically. And I guess book sales come and go. But I think if you're able to think about something deeply and talk to someone deeply about it, even if you don't have a published product or a finished product, that's powerful. People love that. It really makes us human. So that's where <laughs> I think that I'm forgetting some of the other stages, but those were the two takeaways for me is having depth, yeah. having you can cold contact anybody. And then by gosh, when you're done, it is like finishing the Olympics. There's this pseudo depression that happens because it's gone from your life. And then there's this exhilaration that you're done. And then you can do anything you want with it. <laughs> anything you want with it. I was debating the other day if I should just tell people that I'm going to put my book on sale for Christmas. Like it's yeah. a Christmas thing that people get a lot of value from. That's great. And I think I think what's so powerful about your story is I think that there are a set of people who they, the this book doesn't exactly line up to my next career. Other people are going to judge it. I think what's interesting about this process that I would share just to summarize some of those points is that the skills that you show when you finish something like this, the ability to do deep work, like to be able to finish a project like this, the ability to synthesize thoughts, to write, to communicate. The book itself is a really interesting sort of microcosm that you can do hard things for hard company, for hard company problems behind it. And so being able to talk about that way is certainly one thing. But the second thing about it is that it's this unfair opportunity you have to reach out to people and just have a conversation about something that's not related to the job, but oftentimes when they see how awesome you are, it leads to the job. <laughs> it is the number of people that I've seen who say, hey, I had this interesting conversation. They were like, what are you doing, by the way? Do you have a job? Like, I got to introduce you to this person. It's fascinating to see how that plays out. Yeah, absolutely. I think, and really, if we're talking about being exceptional, because mm-hmm. writing a book can make you exceptional. If you're really interested in a job and you apply to it and you do the right things and you go through the interviews, 
That's interesting. You're a B plus student. If you talk to people at their organization before you interview, if you talk to people not even looking for a job there and mm -hmm. you go above and beyond, so the book can be a vehicle for that.